Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Please join me for a moment of silence in remembrance for common sense who has served us all well for so many generations. Today, we mourn the passing of the beloved old friend, Common Sense, who has been with us for many years. No one knows for sure how old he was, since his birth records were long ago lost in bureaucratic red tape. Common Sense will be remembered as having cultivated such valuable lessons as knowing when to come out of the rain, why the early bird gets the worm, And life isn't always fair. And maybe it was your fault. Common sense lived by simple, sound financial principles like don't spend more than you earn and reliable parenting strategies. Adults, not children, are in charge. Somebody say amen. Amen. His health began to decline and deteriorate rapidly when well-intentioned but overbearing regulations were set in place. Reports of a six-year-old boy charged with sexual harassment for kissing a classmate, teen suspended from school for using mouthwash after lunch, and a teacher fired for reprimanding an unruly student only worsened his condition. Common sense lost ground when parents attacked teachers for doing the job they failed to do in disciplining their own unruly children. I didn't think y'all were going to say amen right there. It declined even Further, when schools were required to get parental consent to administer aspirin sun lotion or sticky plaster to a student, but could not inform the parents when a student became pregnant and wanted an abortion. Common sense lost the will to live as churches became businesses and criminals received better treatment than their victims. Common sense took a beating when you couldn't legally defend yourself from a burglar in your own home And the burglar can sue you for assault. Common sense finally gave up the will to live. After a woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of coffee was hot, she spilled a little in her lap and was promptly awarded a huge settlement. Common sense was preceded in death by his parents, truth and trust, his wife, discretion, his daughter, responsibility, and his son, reason. He is survived by three stepbrothers. I know my rights. Someone else is to blame, and I'm a victim. Isn't that poignant? Poignant. A lot said right there. Get your pen, get your pad. Those of you at home, get your pen, get your pad. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're talking about the armor of God today. Ephesians chapter 6. And you can write that down, the armor of God. The Bible tells us as you turn your pages 
The Bible tells us that we are all children of God. Well, let me say this. The Bible tells us that we Christian folk are all children of God. And we are not only children of God, but we are also soldiers of God. Somebody once said, are you still listening to me? Somebody once said the Christian life can be summed up like this. We are battling and building, battling the enemy and building the kingdom. There's a war going on, saints. And the war is not between parties. The war is not between Democrats and Republicans or respective parties. And I'll tell you this, the war isn't even with coronavirus. The war isn't trying to get a vaccine. You see, all of these things can be dealt with in the flesh. All of these, look, look, if we know who the enemy is and it's something that is kind of natural within our sphere of defending ourselves, then we can fight that battle in the flesh. But the war that we're dealing with as Christians and the war that we face every single day, whether it is a war in the spiritual realm or it's a war in our minds, I'm getting ahead of myself, or it's a war in our minds, it's a war in our thoughts. It's a battle going on. And the enemy can't be outrun, outsmarted, or outstrategized. The enemy that I'm talking about, I think you know, is the devil, Satan. Satan can't be defeated with bullets and guns. Ephesians, I know that you're there already. Ephesians divides, let me tell you this and set it up just a little bit for you. Ephesians divides nicely into two sections. The first section, chapters 1, 2, and 3, we are told, write this down, where we are seated. Where we are seated, chapters 1, 2, and 3. We are seated in Christ Jesus. Are you glad about it? And then chapters 4, 5, and 6, the second section, we are told how to walk with Christ. So 1, 2, 3, where we're seated, 4, 5, 6, how to walk with Christ. Once you know your position, we need to now know how to walk it out, right? So one through three are practical, and four, five, and six are, pardon me, one through three are spiritual, right? And four, five, and six are practical. Where we're seated, seated in Christ, one, two, three. How to walk it out, four, five, six. One through three are spiritual, and four, five, six. Chapters are practical. The outline of the book is really, really easy. The outline or the order of the book of Ephesians, we find the wealth of the believer in chapters 1 and 2. The walk of the believer in chapters four, 3 and 4. And the warfare in chapters 5 and 6. The wealth, the walk, the warfare. There's the whole book. The wealth, 1 and 2. The walk, three and four, the warfare, five and six. Ephesians chapter six, we are in the warfare section. We're in the warfare section. Ephesians chapter six, saints, try to give you a second to write that down. Y'all good? 
Ephesians chapter 6, come on, let's get to it. Ephesians chapter 6, and we're looking at verse 10. For those of you at home, Ephesians chapter 6, y'all come on, look at verse 10. And if you're looking at verse 10, I need you to say amen. Paul the Apostle writing, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in who, saints? And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I told you it's not bullets and guns, but against principalities and palities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, in verse 13, take up the whole armor of God. Are y'all still with me? Take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. Stand, therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet or prepared your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, in verse 16, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is what says the word of God. And don't forget, pray always with all prayer. Somebody say amen. And supplication and spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul tells us in verse 10, just kind of peruse back up there in verse 10. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Literally, that reads, be strong in the realm of the Lord's strength. Watch this. Be strong in the realm of the Lord's strength. In other words, we are called to be strong in the Lord's realm or in his might. Our strength comes from him. We don't have any might in and of ourselves. We don't have any strength in and of ourselves. We have to rest in him, right? The power we have comes from him. Philippians 4.13 tells us I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 1 Corinthians 10.13, you should write that down, memory verse. There's no temptation that is common to man, but God is faithful who will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. It's his strength. Be strong in the Lord. And dependent on his strength. Be strong in the Lord. Look at it. And the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This word wiles. You should write this down. Is the Greek word methodia. M-E-T-H-I-D-A. Methodia. Sound familiar? We have the word method. Which means strategy. The strategy, it speaks of a carefully arranged systematic program of action for attaining an object or goal or desired end. I'll read it again. A strategy, the wiles of the devil, speaks of a clearly arranged systematic program of action for attaining an object or a goal or a desired end. The devil has a systematic plan of attack against us Christians. 
And we need to understand that. Are you listening to me? We need to understand that. And we need to understand it so we know how to fight against it. The devil is not your friend. Like, really? Yeah, really. The devil's not your friend. The Bible tells us, here's Christianity 101. Got your pen? Christianity 101, we Christians face three enemies. Three enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Three enemies, I like to call them, of the faith. The world, the world refers to the world system. The world that is anti-Christ and anti-God. This world system tries to put pressure on the Christian to conform. And the flesh. When the Bible talks about the flesh, the Bible's talking about the fallen nature. The nature that all men inherited from Adam, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil is an enemy to God. An enemy of God's people. The devil opposes anything that is God-like. And the devil is against you. The devil opposes anything that is God-like. Anything, certainly, that honors God. Anything that would glorify God. Anything that would bring praise to God. Anyone who would say, God, I'm going to spend time with you every single day. I'm going to spend time with you five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, praising you in the morning and I'm going to read a devotional. Maybe I'm going to go to Calvary Chapel Facebook group and I'm going to read that devotional every single day. You know, the enemy's going to oppose that, right? Whenever, listen to me, I'm trying to help you. Whenever you seek to do something for the glory of God, whether it's an individual or a community or a city or a country or a nation. Whenever you do anything to seek to glorify God, the enemy has a strategy, a methodia, a method to throw you off. He's against you. The Bible tells us in verse 12, look at it. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, <clears throat> pardon me, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age. Saints, the battle that we're facing isn't with flesh and blood, as I mentioned. It's a spiritual battle, right? You understand that? With principalities and powers. Principalities and powers speak of rankings of demons. So there's different ranks of demons. Like there's a buck private demon. And there is a captain demon. There's like a general demon. So there's different rankings of demons. You know, people say to me, Pastor Rodney, you know, the devil was just really distracting me and the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. I'm like, the devil ain't doing nothing to you. You ain't that important to the devil. Okay. The devil sent a buck, buck, buck private after you. Because you ain't doing that much. Well, the devil can't be everywhere at once, but what he can be and what he can do is he can have these various rankings of demons and principalities and powers to distract you. Are y'all following me? Mm -hmm. Seems like this half of the room is following me, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mary, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, fine. Praise the Lord. The word wrestle. Write this down. Means to pin down, 
to put your foot on the neck for we wrestle means to pin down, to put your foot on the neck. In the Roman days, the wrestlers went into the ring to wrestle. And the idea was to get their hands around the neck to press the head until the opponent was not only pinned down, but they were dead. Y'all know WWF? Y'all know that's fake, don't you? Okay, in all, in the spirit. (laughs) I know. Because like in the spirit of transparency, I thought it was real at one point. (laughs) And then last year I learned it was fake. (laughs) That's all fake. It's phony. Can I read you a story? Y'all know I like jokes. Let me read you a story. There was once a boxer who was being pummeled in the ring by his opponent. Blow after blow by his adversary left him with a bloody nose, swollen eyes, and an enormous amount of pain. The battered boxer's trainer, trying to encourage the man between rounds, kept telling him, you're doing great, Mike, you're doing great. That bum is barely touching you, Mike, you are doing great. To which the boxer replied, then you better keep your eye on that referee because somebody is killing me. Wrestling's fake. But our battle with demons and our wrestling with demons, that's not fake. That's not fake. Paul is telling us that Satan and spiritual forces, wicked forces in heavenly places are trying to pin us down and kill us. Pin us down to kill us. Therefore, 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 verse 13 Take up the, what does it say, Zane? Piece of the armor. One or two pieces. The whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, do what? See, you got to put on the full armor of God, right? And one missing piece can be a disaster. One missing piece could mean death. A missing piece Leaves a weak spot in your defense. Saints, you cannot pick and choose what piece you want to pick up, what piece you want to put on. You got to put on the full armor, the whole armor of God. And then in our text, Paul then lists six pieces of the armor, six pieces of the armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, Feet prepared with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Now we know, listen, let me have your attention. Look at me. We know that Paul spent a lot of time in prison. Paul had a great prison ministry. Two years chained to a prison guard. Paul was productive while he was in prison. While Paul was doing time in prison, Paul wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And then Paul continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Can you imagine being chained to Paul the apostle for two years? He probably drove them poor Romans crazy. Paul was every single day, hey, you know Jesus? Hey, I'm writing another book. Let me read it to you. Oh, no, wait me. I probably drove him crazy, trying to get the gospel into him, preaching the gospel. Never stop talking about Jesus, so get the scene. 
Paul's chained to a Roman guard. The Roman guard has on his armor. And Paul looks at the Roman guard and he looks at each piece of the armor. And, 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 and Paul probably said to him, well, hey, how about, what about that, that sword thing? What is that? What do you use that for? And, and, and what's the, he probably asked the guard, what's the importance of each piece? And what's the purpose of each piece? And after the guard explained it to him, in God's ordained time, Paul began to make an analogy. As the Roman soldier needed physical armor, <clears throat> pardon me, allergies, I think. As the Roman soldier, <clears throat> as that soldier needed physical armor <clears throat> to fight the wars, Christians, we need spiritual armor to successfully fight our wars. So Paul then looked, let's get to it. He looked at the belt on the soldier's waist and he called it the belt of truth. The ancient Roman soldier's belt was different than our belt. Our belt holds our pants up so they don't fall down, right? Of course, I will never understand sagging. Why would you put a belt on so the belt... And your pants can be around your knees. Somebody inquiring minds want to know what's going on. So Paul looks at the belt. He says that that represents the belt of truth. The belt of truth was associated, write this down, with readiness or preparedness. A Roman soldier would take the belt and, and tuck excess fabric. Maybe his robe was there and he would tuck the excess fabric into the belt to free up the legs to help them to be ready to run and be ready to fight and be ready for action. Most scholars believe this was the first thing a soldier would do in putting on his armor and he would fasten the belt. The belt of truth held every other piece of armor in place. That is important. The belt held every other piece of armor in place. Now, whenever you see truth, saints, in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, whenever you see the word truth, you want to immediately think of Jesus. As soon as you see the, the word truth, think of Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't you remember? He's in the garden. He's praying to the Father, and he's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for the world. He's praying for the disciples. And he said, Father, John 17, 17, memory verse, he said, Father, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is So whenever you see the word truth in the Bible, you want to think of Jesus putting on the belt of truth. Matter of fact, made me think of uh, John 8, 32. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Putting on the belt of truth is knowing and believing and trusting the word of God and what it says about you. Question, are you putting on truth today? And you at home, are you putting on truth? Are you putting on the truth of the word of God? You know, there's a lot of pseudo truth. Is that an oxymoron? Pseudo truth. It's not truth. Fake truth. I guess it works. Faith, truth. The coronavirus has caused 
people to be fearful. And let me just say to you that if you're being fearful, then you're not putting on truth. Mm -hmm. That's true. You're not putting on truth because God's word tells us not to be fearful. The truth, are you following me? The truth of the word, we are not to be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Come on, come on, come on. Isn't that true? And don't get me wrong. Some, you know, it's almost like people cannot walk and chew gum anymore. Folk cannot walk and chew gum anymore. So, oh, well, if you say I ought not be fearful, he's giving me power, love, sound mind, then you're saying that we ought not walk in wisdom and do the right thing and wear the mask and use a sanitizer and wash our hands. No, ma'am, no, sir, that's not what I'm saying. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.